We all heard stories of a guitar case full of guns. <laughs> no. Just had to make sure. Thanks, man. What, 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 yes, it's me, it's me. Huh? I'm not against you guys, so keep it down. Just keep it down, hey. I'm just looking for a man who calls Matargo. Not yet. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Gregory is my full name. Gregory Carney. Mm, that's the that's the, the whole thing. You'll have to forgive Greg. He's a poor bastard's been out trick-or-treating. Oh, it's been quite the day, Tristan. Quite the day. <laughs> it's full of sugar. You could crash at any minute. I think I am crashing, but we'll. there's nothing like a... Discussion of a mid-90s Latin action film to, you know, perk you back up. And you'll have to forgive me because I just, I've gone straight from editing last week's episode into recording this one. So I feel like this weird thing where I've just kind of gone inside the podcast You're deep. that I was just listening to. Yeah, yeah. And it is Halloween today. It's Halloween today as of, of day of recording, mm. yet somehow we're two weeks past our bloody Halloween specials. Crazy how science works. There's never enough damn. There's never enough damn. Well, it's in the past, man. Halloween's over. Yeah. We're, in a, we're two weeks ahead. This is so much has happened. Oh. We can't go into it now. Um, but we're here to talk <laughs> about a little movie called Desperado. We are. Came out in 1995. Mid-90s by definition. Anything uh, particularly interesting about 1995, Greg? Lots, Tristan. Lots. Yeah? Um, the mid-90s, man. Yeah. Look, I'm getting... Jonah Hill made a movie about it. It's got to be something. Oh, he did. They had baggy jeans and everything. Yeah. Some some Stussy. Yeah. Cross colours. It was all there. Cross colours was the shit. Wasn't it? Speaking of colours, 1995 was the introduction... Of the blue M and M. Wow! Wow! I remember that. It was massive. So for for the marketing geeks amongst amongst us, it's uh, it's pretty fascinating because they ran a campaign, and it was it was basically a contest where people would vote on the new color that was going to be added. So it was like purple, I think, ah. pink, or blue, and it was like a massive deal. The announcement of like it was built up. It was culminated in the in the announcement and in the US it was all over the news. I think it was pretty big here too from memory. Um, you know, simultaneously announced on like Letterman and Leno. Really? They they lit up the Empire State mil- building in blue, like the oh. lights, blue lights. They painted the sky blue. <laughs> yeah, and they left it that way. The sky was various colours before 1995. That's yeah. right. That People forget. exactly right. We forget. Classic Coca-Cola Santa Claus thing. M&M's is a fascinating, it's a fascinating story of like a product. Yeah. I want to just give you a a sprinkling of some of like, I guess, interesting little tidbits of the M&M journey. Okay. If I may. 
Yeah. If you will indulge me. Are you an Eminem fan for the record? I fucking, yeah, man. My, it's my number one thing. Peanut Eminems. Well, all of them. All of them except for the crunchy ones. You don't need that. Yeah, they've gone off on a bit of a tangent with, with, with varieties. But the original Eminem yeah. was, it's basically a ripoff of the Smarty. Oh, Smarties were first. Smarties were first. So the story wow. goes. I don't think Americans know about Smarties. Probably not. They're basically like M&Ms but not as, they're a bit, I had M&Ms, uh, sorry, Smarties when I was in hospital once and yeah. I overindulged and I'll, it's kind of like drinking Southern Comfort or something like I can't. <laughs> yeah. You know, I OD'd on it and I just can't, I still can't kind of stand the taste of them. Right. So the story goes, uh, one of these chaps, I think it was the son of Mr. Who was it? Forrest Mars Senior, yeah. son of the founder of the Mars Company, Frank Mars. So he basically copied the idea of the candy um, that was Smarties that he saw soldiers eating in the Spanish Civil War. So there was a bunch of guys over there, and the soldiers were given these as rations, mostly because they had that hard shell they didn't melt. Ah, it got me thinking though, Tristan is. The M and M or Smarty, they melt. They melt though. They do melt, and they're also loud. Like if you're a soldier, do you want? Like why don't you just give them all Tic Tacs? Like <laughs> convenient box of mints. It's they rattle. Surely that is not optimal for oh, yeah. warfare. Yeah, should, they should have gummies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the M and M name is basically. The two M's, uh, there's an M in Forest Mars and then Bruce Murray who's the son of Hersey Chocolate and they had a 20% stake in this racket. Yeah, there's some weird thing with those two, right? Well, they're, they're a competing company but the Hershey family or company had the control of the ration chocolate at the time. So if you wanted to be making whatever chocolate, oh. you have to go through the Hershey's. So like, yeah, you can do it but I got 20%. yeah. Hey, here's some M&M's trivia for you. Did you know the yellow M&M's voice is done by J.K. Simmons? The yellow M&M? Yeah. When it's like, ooh. I did not. Did you know who did the uh, originally did the other two? No. Uh, John Lovitz and John Goodman, I think. Oh. So they got all the big names there. They've got these campaigns, tons, uh, tons of joint marketing ventures with, you know, Huge brands, whether it's Star Wars, NASCAR in um, in the US, heaps of other films. It's it's like a long. It's a it's a pot in itself. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, but it's fascinating. And then obviously the the product diversification into obviously peanut and crunchy and all these. It's a marketer's dream. Sometimes you can find the mint ones, which are pretty great. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, yes, John Goodman previously did the yellow before J.K. Simmons took over. Did John Goodman become too famous and then? Well, he must have been doing it when he was famous. He was doing it in the mid-90s, so he was probably like Roseanning then. Wow. They didn't fuck around, man. They got like big dogs. And John Lovitz was the red M&M. Yeah. I thought it was more smart-assy sounding, like, hey, guy, I'm a red M&M over here. Well, then it became Billy West. Oh, that makes sense. David Cross is Caramel Cube. Vanessa Williams is Miss Brown. Like the, these David aren't Cross, small Tobias names. Tobias himself. Tobias. Yeah. Okay. The Eminem inside me. Eminem's. <laughs> oh, the blue Eminem, 95. Big year for Eminem's, big year for movies. Mm. Pocahontas, Greg. Oh, you know what that means. 
Same year as Toy Story. Same year as Toy Story. Wow. Goldeneye, man. All these movies. You know what the number one movie in 1995 was? Um, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to guess that. What year was Jurassic Park again? Either like a year before or a year after. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe before. <laughs> Somewhere in the 90s. Let's go before. The early to mid to late 90s. Um, seven. Seven came in at number seven if you can believe it. But there was a film, a little film that, that, that kind of came out of nowhere, sort of kind of depending who you ask. Came in at number 74 called Desperado. Soy un hombre muy honrado que me gusta lo mejor. A mujeres no me falta ni el dinero ni el amor. Jineteando en mi caballo por la sierra yo me voy. Las estrellas y la luna ellas me dicen dónde voy. Do you think the Cohen brothers watched this film, you know, a few years ahead of uh, of uh, Lebowski, obviously, and they went, you know what, missed opportunity here. They could have done a Latin version of uh, an Eagles song. Yeah, and then they went, a few you know, of let's them. just do it anyway and just get Gypsy Kings to do Hotel California. Gypsy Kings could have done Desperado. Gypsy Kings could have done Tequila Sunrise. Oh. oh. Come on. Either of them. They, maybe they even have. I don't know. I'm not a Gypsy Kings aficionado. I am to a point. Said it, said it in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so seamlessly I didn't even notice. I am not even close to any actual Spanish words, so... But when the Gypsy Kings versions, when the Gypsy Kings version of um, Hotel California comes on, Ooh. I'm singing along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's Bambaleo. What am I doing? <laughs> Welcome, yeah. see Hotel California. Such a lava yeah, place. They say lover. Such a yeah. lava place. <laughs> I say, fuck, that's great. Yeah, isn't it? Man, missed opportunity nonetheless. Uh, but this movie, August 1995, budget of $7 million, a gross of $25.4 million at the box office that year. Rotten Tomato scores 67% from critics. Audiences said 79. No critic consensus, which surprises me on this one. I don't know why. Well, don't know why. did you write one? I, I did not write one. Well, I mean, well, maybe by the end of the I episode we'll have we'll, one. It might we'll lean on you. Yeah, it might lean on you for one. <laughs> and then we can upload it. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting that this was all the way down at number 74, but it seems just as, I don't want to say relevant, but just as in the mix as, as a lot of those other movies I mentioned. You could have inter- you could have interchanged some of those numbers. Absolutely. It, it definitely it definitely had... Uh, Clout? Clout in the home video market. It, it was definitely one of those. Uh, but was it a big one for you, Greg? Yeah, like pretty big, I think. Um, it was pretty well-loved film. I was my mid-teens, had lots of shooting and explosions. It was pretty violent. That yeah. was that sort of um, obviously Rodriguez, Tarantino thing was, that started happening that appealed. Yeah. Um, Selma Hayek should be noted there. Um, for a, She was noted yeah. there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, and we've been watching like Cliffhanger or Clear and Present Danger so it's quite a departure. It's a lot more exotic, I guess, for lack of a better word. Yeah. When you when you're looking at this for the first time, it's the first time you're seeing like Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek, and they were so cool. Yeah. Like 
So cool. Plus the direction of Rodriguez in hindsight. You know, it's also stylized. This was a really cool movie. It was really cool. I think uh, 995, I think it passed me by initially. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to reflect on this hard because it, because the thing is it did become very significant. Mm. But before it did, I think I was a little dismissive. So I was a couple of years younger than you. Um, I still am. Mm-hmm. And I think I couldn't understand how you could have this hero who had no lats. He's not in a lat pack. Mm. He was quite a skinny dude. And I was like, that's not an action hero. Oh, right. Give me a break. But he had long hair. And, and I don't know. He had long hair. I don't know what timeline this was, though. This might have been compressed into a period of six months because then, you know, obviously um, Selma Hayek exists as a, as a teenager. Mm. It's kind of a big deal. Mm. And so I think it was eventually one of those schoolyard things of, well, Desperado's on this week. Everyone's like, oh, you're going to watch it? Yeah, fuck. So I think I watched it and kind of liked it. But then enter film student Tristan. Mm. And, and, you know, again, for the record, I was never a film student. I was just pretentious. And uh, <laughs> I just liked Fight Club. El Mariachi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did I tell that story at uni? <laughs> In a cultural studies class, one of the icebreakers was go around the room and say your favourite movie and everyone said Fight Club. <laughs> and it got to me and I was like, what am I going to say? I was going to say Fight Club. So I said The Big Lebowski Ooh. and everyone laughed and I was like, oh, fuck you. I'm, at least I'm slightly less pretentious than the rest that of is- you. Anyway, it's my favorite movie. <laughs> it is. Now that the dust has settled on things like Fight Club, which I'm sure I still like, mm. though we haven't watched it. We haven't covered it yet. But um Yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah, but El Mariachi, mm. that becomes like a real prescribed text for anyone that's a wannabe film student, because uh, it's famously the seven grand movie, mm. you know, yada yada yada. And um and I think I, I was working at Big W at the time and there was a film guy there that told me all about it and I then I really got into it. Mm. Um learning who Rodriguez was and all that kind of stuff. I don't remember anything about El Mariachi now, though. I was going to try and watch it this week, but maybe we'll just cover it at some point. And um, and so then it became super meaningful. And then by the time I was like into it, then the third one came out that Once Upon a Time in Mexico. But I think that wasn't very good. I can't really remember it. I kind of want to watch it again now. Yeah, I was. I wanted to watch one or both of the others, um, but they weren't on the streamer. And I was like, eh, I don't really want to pay for them. One day. One day. Uh, should I get into the origin story? Yeah. Origin story. So this guy, this Robert Rodriguez, you know, he, he used to just make some movies for fun. I think he was a cartoonist or something. Um, he liked to draw. The kid liked to draw. But he used to make movies for fun, just short films with his mates, you know, some stunts in there, cops and robbers, cowboys, yep. whatever, sort of westernsies. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy, this guy came across the work he was doing, just some guy apparently, just some guy, and he's like, you know what, you should make a feature-length film. Now it turns out this guy wasn't just some guy. Um, he actually was a big deal in the Spanish home video market. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit random, isn't it? But um, El Rento. Yeah. <laughs> and Rodriguez was like, fuck, yeah, okay, why not? I'll make it. And I'll, no one I know is ever going to see this. He didn't even speak Spanish. And um, he's like, I'll make it and I'll just treat this as sort of like practice. I'm getting paid yeah. to make a movie. 
um, he really had no experience other than making these shorts. And um, he had this idea of a character uh, that 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 could evolve over a few movies. So at this point thinking he'll pump out a few features for the for the Spanish home video market. Mm. And, and so kind of had this idea of an evolution over, over a few films. Um, and so El Mariachi was the first of these three. And he, um, he genuinely thought no one's going to see this thing. A bit like, um, yeah. a bit like uh, you know, celebrities doing ads in Japan. He just thought, you know, it's going to yep. non-English speaking market. No one's ever going to see this thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it's a learning experience and I'm getting paid. I'm getting that sweet, sweet money. Um, I've got a little clip of him talking about it here. So I thought it was a great idea. And I didn't plan for the first one to even be seen, which is why I just shot one take of everything. But I wanted to come up with a character, kind of like a road warrior type character. That's probably where it came from, because that's a very hero hero myth that George Miller crafted around Mad Max, this guy who kind of wanders in from the desert. But I wanted mine to be kind of like a Hitchcock missing identity person, because I knew I couldn't afford to make the first idea I had, which was more like Desperado, a guy with a guitar case full of guns. So that's going to require a lot of action. And I don't, my first movie probably should be simpler. So then I thought, let me come up with the genesis of that character. Maybe he was a musician first, and maybe he didn't have the guitar case full of guns. Maybe there's another guy dressed in black. Because I always loved how mariachis looked. They had the little short jacket and they had the buckles down the side. They always looked like badass action guys to me. And I thought, People don't know much about mariachis unless you're Mexican. So when people, if you give them like a mariachi uh, gun in the guitar case, people will think mariachis, you should be afraid of them. You know, so I thought that could be a cool myth. Change the myth of the mariachi. And I love the idea of the guitar yeah. and, as a, as a, and, the, and the artist as a hero, I thought would be kind of fun. Because I was an artist. I, I was a cartoonist. And I thought, I want to see an artist be the hero. So that's kind of cool starting him as a guitar player. And then he loses everything and he loses his ability to play. And it ends setting up a sequel that maybe we'll get to go make. But I, my whole plan was to make three of them for the Spanish home video market. Whatever I could sell them for, I would keep to put towards my first real first film. A practice movie, Greg. It was a practice movie. We all need a couple of practice movies. <laughs> and so this was 1992. He makes his practice movie. He makes it for seven grand. It wins Sundance. Did that win Sundance, did it, El Mariachi? It won Sundance. Yeah, how about that? Wow. Man, you know how he did it so cheap? I was watching a few little clips on this and, man, the dude would like, he would get, the sh- he would get a shot and let's say it's uh, the shot, the example he used was like the Mariachi throwing the guitar up onto the thing and the first one, mm. it didn't make it and it fell back down and he just kept rolling and he's like, we're not doing another take. And then what he would do was when the guitar actually did go back up, he would just like crop in, zoom in <laughs> within the existing shot so it looked like a different shot and just all these like cheapo tricks. Yeah. Which we'll, we'll get into it became like his whole thing. He's the one man yeah. the one man film crew. But he just got so efficient at like making this shit. Mm. And it's so smart because it looks like when you, when you like crop in like that, it looks like there's two cameras going and you just switched angles or something. It's it's. Fucking smart. Yeah, he's kind of editing on the fly. Yeah, yeah. And the seven grand, so it's not a huge amount. He got some of the money from a friend. And the other part I forgot to mention was he got a lot of the money as well from volunteering for medical testing. Mm. How good is that? Yeah, <laughs> I've had a couple of mates that used to do that. Man, if I had known about that, I would have done that back <laughs> in the day. 
Fully. Um, Free money. Yeah, man. So then Columbia Pictures picked it up and apparently they did some editing. I don't think it was – it wasn't like reshoots or anything but just some some polishing, I suppose, of the film. So technically the budget – I think they spent like 100 grand on that. So technically the budget for the official release version is like 100 grand or something but whatever. Seven grand to make it. Mm. Now for context, I thought yeah. it would be interesting to – to just have a couple of reference points here because there's some famous other famous cheap movies which they're not they're nowhere near as cheap as this. So Blair Witch was 800 grand. Like context 7000 yeah. to 800 grand and Blair Witch feels like it cost 7 grand. Yeah, and it, that was part of the narrative at the time, right? Uh, Mad Max the first one was 400 grand. Blair Witch? God, they like why did they, where did that 800 grand go? I don't know. Sometimes they include it in, sometimes the budget I think includes the marketing. So I'm not sure if maybe that one's a bit skewed. Yeah. Eraserhead was 10 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen that, but I get the feeling it might be all in one room or something. I don't think there's like any set pieces. Um, I'm intimidated by the front cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Paranormal Activity was 15 grand. But with inflation, nice. maybe that's about right. You know, so cheap. It's cheap as chips, man. Cheap as chips. Now, this mm. is we're obviously not we're talking about Desperado, but this is important context because um, I couldn't get a bunch of intel on what happened exactly in between the two. But the crux of it is, you know, Sony's on board, and you know, what's your next movie? Mm. And, and Rodriguez is like, well, maybe more of the same. What do you say? A few more explosions. Little Steve Buscemi playing a character called Buscemi. Bishbashaposh, he goes off a movie. Um, <laughs> but I think it's also one of those ones that's almost we'll, – we'll get into the rewatch, but I, I think he also made it with the intention of it being standalone too because it's mm. – I think like a bit like – I think Evil Dead 2 does a similar thing where you don't really need to watch the first one. It sort of recaps it within it. But um, we'll, we'll go through the cast I think in the rewatch because there's a lot to talk about there. But just one precast yeah. that was interesting was uh, – Raul Julia yeah. was supposed to be Butcho, but he passed away, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, it, but importantly, I've got a clip that talks about it here. Importantly, Rodriguez also really wanted to make sure that, that he had Hispanic leads in this movie. And there weren't yeah. any at the time, which is crazy to think. There literally weren't any at the time. We barely had Banderas and we Go definitely didn't have – Yeah, and we definitely didn't have Hayek. Uh, but here's a clip of him talking about that and, and how what a badass he is in committing to it ever since. There was no Latin actors working in Hollywood at that time. You could find nobody. So I thought I was going to have to, I want this Latin to play this role. I'm going to have to just make him somehow, find him from another country and bring him someone that they recognize the name. And he'd been doing the Almodovar movies, which were more art films, but he hadn't really made it in the States yet. So I said, we can go get that guy who's really hot right now, Antonio Banderas. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That gave us a chance to get it made at a bigger budget. And Carlos knew that as a, as a, as a filmmaker, too, that to see our baby go that far would be really cool and exciting. I wanted to give it a Latin flavor. What does a Latin action hero look like? I loved seeing John Woo movies. This was a big problem back then. When I made Mariachi, it was in Spanish, and it just made me realize that there weren't a lot of Latin represented in film, much less filmmakers. And when I saw The Killer and Hard Boiled, which premiered at the same festival that Mariachi did in Toronto, I, I wanted to be Chinese. I thought, I want to be like Chow Yun-Fat. I said, shit, it's the filmmaking and the way the hero is presented, that it crosses all you know 
lines. I want to do that for Mexicans. So then when people watch a movie, they look at it and go, I want to be the Mexican guy. Shit, did I just say that? Why is that? Because he's so fucking cool. And you never saw that. Back in then, especially, the representation in movies was horrendous. So I had to create my own star system. I found Cheech, pulled it, pulled Cheech out of retirement, got Danny Trejo, cast him in every movie I had so he could finally star in Machete. Salma Hayek I saw doing an interview on television, Spanish television, um, saying how she couldn't get work in the States because of her accent in English, grabbed her, brought Antonio, and I decided I'm just going to put him in every movie I have until they're stars. How good is that? I just love the commitment there. Yeah. So good. It's so good. And there's a bit of John Woo all over this movie too with the action as well. Yeah. Man, yeah. The two guns, all that couple kind of, of shit. A couple of birds. Was there any birds? Floating? Probably some something. birds. Yeah, why not? Mm. <laughs> Bish Bash Bosh, you got yourself a uh, film. Got a picture called Desperado. Where's the rap party? Rap party down at uh, the Diddy Twister. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, Very good. There you go. Let's play the trailer. I was visiting a bar and then he walked. Saw his face? His face? No. I mean, every step he took towards the light, just when you thought his face was about to be revealed, it wasn't. It was as if the lights dimmed just for him. They called him a loner. I know who you are. Really? You kill drug dealers. They killed the woman I loved. You ruined my life. They called him a miss. You've heard stories of that man that carries a guitar case full of weapons. Find him and kill him. I hope you don't think you can take someone like Ucho all by yourself. Well, they made the mistake of calling his bluff. Is there something in the guitar case? My guitar? Now, it's time to face the music. Let's play. The new film from Robert Rodriguez. Good trailer. Fine trailer. But I think we need to go deeper, Greg. Yeah, let's do it. So we open on a, it's like a Mexican dive bar. Steve Buscemi is there. And he's a bit of a fish out of a water here, Tristan. There's a lot of sort of Mexican cartelli, unsavory characters, you'd say. Uh, he's served a dirty beer and, uh, and like a filthy glass by a hostile Cheech. And he begins to tell a tale of a massacre he'd just witnessed and a travelling mariachi who was on a mission to avenge the murder of his wife or you know, loved one mm. and how he'd taken out this whole bar of reprobates that was similar to the one he was in with a guitar case full of guns. That was the whole thing. Yeah. And they're not really paying attention. 
until he mentions that the mariachi was looking for El Bucho. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're very interested. So sure enough, the El Mariachi arrives and there's a big shootout. <laughs> Guns everywhere. And very cool. And towards the end of this shootout, the Mariachi is fleeing the scene and he's shot whilst he's sort of saving this random beautiful girl that's crossing the street. Mm. So he saves her from a shower of bullets and in return she whisks him away and tends to his many injuries. Mm. Meanwhile, this butcher guy, he's arrived in town. He's like a cartel kingpin. And he's basically investigating the aftermath of this bloody shootout. He knows this guy's after him. So he starts setting fire to things and all hell kind of breaks loose. They're basically going at each other. There's lots of shootouts. Butcho turns out to be his brother. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Plot-wise, it's um, I had to like read the read a plot summary after because I was like a bit. I don't really know what happened here. Like, why are they brothers? <laughs> Am I supposed? Was I supposed to know that? It doesn't matter. It really yeah. doesn't matter. Um, the opening of this movie. I've mentioned this on GoldenEye and maybe some other films that I do not recall now, but GoldenEye was the first one where I really took notice where sometimes these opening scenes work as a as a standalone short film. Hmm. Like the, the opening of GoldenEye is maybe a top ten James Bond film. Um, hmm. you, you could yeah. screen that as a short film. And I think the same goes for, for this. That Steve Buscemi scene at the bar hmm. is so good. It could have just been one of the mm. stories in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It could have just it could have slotted right in there. Mm. It may even just be the best part of the movie. Something about it. I don't know if they like shot it first or like they spent more time. Something about it. It was just so tight. It's it was tight. so good. Yeah. And and that being the first impression of the movie too, I was like, fuck, this is good because I hadn't watched it in so long. Mm. Side note, I've had an idea because I'm like, what do, what do you do with this? Because I there's a few movies now where I've made this comment. So I decided if I ever own a cool, quirky bar, I'm going to play these opening parts of the movies, you know, only on rotation. Mm. There you go. So one day, if you ever see that in a bar, it's probably mine. Shoot out in a bar, playing in a bar. Whoa, meta, and I don't mean Facebook. How How's dare that? you just take that word? Man, this fucking guy. The, the, the world is building the metaverse right now and he just changes his name to meta. Like it's just like he's trying to claim the whole damn thing. It's like if, what if we changed mm. our name to what's another trend that's happening right now? Podcasts. Bitcoin <laughs> your podcast. <laughs> it's like it's you know what it is? It's like when Vegemite called their their new product iSnack 2.0. It's just like weird trendy words mushed together. So it's one, but you know mm. what I mean. Anyway, that's beside the point. My first impression <laughs> of this movie was it's a hell of a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Starting strong with that opening and then it just keeps yeah. going. Yeah. But, yeah, I really enjoyed this, man. I thought it was like um, it was obviously quite stylized and not very realistic because most of the time people mm. are just standing out in the open shooting at each other and not hitting each other and until they need to. And yeah, <laughs> Greg's putting hands over his face doing a bit of a salsa dance. I'm, I'm <laughs> sort of pointing, pointing my gun behind my back. But what a style. I love That's it. part of the fun, right? Yeah, it was a bit comic booky or cartoony in that sense. Very pretty mm. um, in many ways. Maybe one of the most genetically mm-hmm. blessed films we've ever covered. Mm. Um, I'm not sure why my hair doesn't look like that when I grow it out. I haven't had a haircut for six months now. Thank you, COVID. Same. It doesn't. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know what it is. His hair is majestic. So good, man. It's so silky. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's wonderful. He's a beautiful man. Until I grew, when I was younger, I had longer hair just because, I don't know, undercuts and things. But I never, Mm. I was a kid, I didn't really pay attention to my hair. But I always just assumed when you grow your hair out, it just looks lovely like that. Mine grows out like fucking straw and it's gross. I need a haircut pretty badly. (laughs) <laughs> you can't see it because Toby Fukushima's grows like that. Oh yeah, skin, it like does. Long, long, straight. He's cut it. Uh, Criminal. What a shame. Yeah, I'll have words to him. <laughs> what did you think of this film, Greg? Uh, yeah, I agreed. It started really strong. That really strong. That opening scene is tight. Yeah. And I think, like you know, I had a bit of a read around. I think the consensus, the the, the reviews are for me rang pretty true, which was that heavy on the action, heavy on the charisma, you know, it's beautifully stylized. Yeah. Um, and and very light on plot. Yeah. And I think, like, as you say, you can just plug in and watch it. Mm. I think the fact that it sort of sits in the middle of that trilogy is probably why. Like I think a lot of the heavy lifting for the story is probably done in El Mariachi. Yeah. The, the first one, as we say, was budget-wise probably – was had to be more dialogue driven, had to be more plot driven because you couldn't yeah. blow too much up. So he probably poured a lot of his um, the explosives goodness <laughs> into this one. Yeah, um, which was probably what he wanted to do in the first place. So yeah, it was it was a good time, but it's um it, it's pretty light on plot. But you just you're just enjoying the visual uh, goodness. Yeah, because in every sense, because all those things that it does do well, like say aesthetically it's, it looks different to other movies like you know if, if there was a, if there was another generic action movie that was light on plot you might be a bit bored because you've seen that movie a, a million times but you see this and you're like i don't yeah. see this all the time this feels like yeah fresh it feels fresh oh, totally um and this is our second rodriguez film i was going through the filmography mm. and then i realized shit have you have you dabbled in spy kids at all with bruce <laughs> mate I- I will. I'll tell you my Spy Kids story though. Oh, okay. So I used to curse Spy Kids. So I went on my first overseas trip um, with a group of mates to Bali, as you do yeah. when you're Australian. Yeah. And I was 19 years old and we were flying there in an airplane, as you do, and it was still in the era of uh, one movie for all. Oh, Yeah. And I'd never, <clears throat> I'd never flown internationally before, so I was really excited about watching a movie on the plane. Yeah, wow! And then Spy Kids was the film of choice, and I was just like very unimpressed <laughs> that I was given Spy Kids. <laughs> so um, that was just a running joke that I had with a friend for years after that around <laughs> Spy Kids. And then you know, not until quite recently realised that it was Rodriguez, and I probably should give it a bit of credit and, and try and watch it again. Yeah. It's um, it's actually one of his highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes. How many are there? There's a few of them, right? Spike his movies, yeah. It's it's fascinating. His filmography is fascinating because um, it's it's all over the place, mm. which I kind of respect. Because mm. you got you got films like this and From Dust Till Dawn, but then you got films like The Faculty. Remember The Faculty? I kind of really want to cover it now. Vaguely, it's got Usher in it, and um. The teachers are aliens or something. 
Yeah, uh, vaguely. When I say that, it sounds Rodriguezian, but you know. Um, and then all the Spy Kids ones, and then Sin City, then Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. And then like that, recent, and that's Spy Kids, isn't it? It's it's just similar energy, but I don't know if it's related. Ah, uh, I thought they were like same universe, the Spy Kids universe. Could be, yeah, could be. I haven't seen it. SKU. And then there's Machete, of course, and the Grindhouse stuff, and Elite Battle Angel more recently. So yeah, it's a fascinating guy. Oh yeah. I feel like he's very successful, but maybe not like as respected. I don't know. Am I Probably just making that up? In the in the scene, I yeah. think he is. I think he's respected in in, in the because uh, this whole one man film crew thing. I think he gets respect from that side of things, but I think on the end result itself, like I don't know that they're that like a lot of the films aren't that well received. Yeah, right. Let me check. Things like Sin City, they're pretty well regarded, aren't they? Yeah, Sin City. So what's the, what do we got at the top here? So the number I one, like them. Yeah, Spy Kids is the highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes, 93%. El Mariachi is number two. And then, yeah. Wow. Planet Terror, Grand House, Sin City. Um, and actually, none of them are – oh, they start to get rotten – the Faculty is the first rotten one, the second Sin City, the second Machete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, but you haven't tried to watch Spike Kids with Bruce yet? No. Nah. That'll be fascinating. It's been one of those ones that's always been there and I think, oh, one day I'll probably watch that with a kid, maybe my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's less creepy that way. <laughs> the, um, the guy, <laughs> Bruce is only... Like it's still a bit of work to try and get him to watch real world things. Like he's oh, still quite into cartoons. It's kind of half Not cartoon that's a bad thing. too. Is it? Well, well, we, did it's spa- so we did Space an- Jam. We got through Space Jam. Oh, uh, yeah. Too. It's so CGI-y it's almost a cartoon mm. in terms of its absurdness. I reckon he'll go for it based yeah. on – because it's kids basically saving the world, right? He's yeah. mad into that sort of stuff. So Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it a go. But, yeah, interestingly – okay, so that's – that was something I forgot to say. Spy Kids is the highest rated from critic score, ninety three percent. But then audience score is only forty six. <laughs> Maybe they're oh, all really? on, well, they're all on that flight with you. <laughs> I've got the same thing with Aaron Brockovich, by the way. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's probably around the same. Well, they're time very similar too. films as well. <laughs> it was on flights. It was always on the flight. Oh my god. Hate it, John Grisham. <laughs> I don't think that is John Grisham, is it? It's John Grisham, is it? And yeah. as a man, geez, he could draw a star, hey? Like that's Julia Roberts and Denzel. Like no, mid Denzel's Pelican not in that. No, no, Aaron Brockovich. Oh, why did I just turn that into a different <laughs> I don't know. movie? That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Julie Roberts is the common denominator. Yeah, 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 I get you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, so aforementioned, I've had a lot of afternoon sugar and a fairly <laughs> hectic day, so there's going to be more random comments like that coming your way. Apologies. <laughs> and that other one, the uh, pretty woman dear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, where were we? Where were we? So he's got a mixed bag of uh, results. He's definitely yeah. one of those directors that I've 
come to love from this from learning about him doing this show though. Yeah, and I think even though I may not love every movie, like I think I watched about five minutes of the second Machete and was like, eh, I don't, I don't need mm. to watch this. Uh, and same with Sin, Second Sin City. And um, but I do respect, I respect the hustle and the fact that he just yeah. fucking goes out and does these things. Like a lot of these, he just does all himself. Maybe not to the extent of El Mariachi, but like he'll he'll he says he couldn't have made. Um, Sin City if he didn't make Spy Kids first because a lot of technology he built there became what he used in Spy Kids and that kind of thing. Um, sorry, in, yeah, right. in Sin City and that kind of shit. Mm. And um, he has all these great little sound bitey philosophies when it comes to to making films. So like one of the things he talks about was, you know, I set fire to the bridge so then I'm forced to find, I'm forced to cross and I can't turn back. Um which I generally buy into because I'm kind of similar. I feel Watch like I need this. to, yeah, you just need to kind of jump in and then sink or swim. It's mixing metaphors here. But but then it does <laughs> make swim me. swim in the fire. <laughs> fool me again. Can't, can't fool me you twice. You can't fool me because you're alive when you go to sleep. Um, <laughs> not the brightest tool in the shed, you know, so it's the way the, the, the cookie tools in the drawer. Now, the woods, yeah. <laughs> it does also make me think, which is a bit like me too, is what if you didn't do that though and just spent more time on something? Would it be better? Because <laughs> I'm always like, mm, interesting. I always think that I could do, I can do something really quickly in it and it's pretty good. And then it becomes like exponentially more time consuming to make it better. So like mm. to, make some, to make it pretty good, I can do pretty quickly, but then to make it 10% better will take me, 10 times longer. Yeah. And so I feel like he goes for the efficiency thing. But what if, what if, you know, he just like didn't rush it. Took that whole shot. Yeah. yeah. Like that, the clip. Took that another I, take. That, that thing I pulled the clips from before is this long chat where a lot of what he says is that. And it's like, oh, I wanted to make Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And they're like, oh, do you have a script? And I was like, yeah, I didn't have a script. And I wrote it in a couple of days. And it's like, maybe that's why that's not very good. You know, it's uh <laughs> So mm. it's a, um, a little uh, Rodriguez. Maybe, uh, maybe don't set the bridge on fire. <laughs> mm. But who am I to judge? Because I do the same thing. Yeah. And but another one I like that I've seen him say, which I agree with too, is like he he realized that he's most creative in the morning, and then all the other shit in the morning just gets in the way. So now, before he even gets up, he just he stays in bed and grabs his laptop and starts writing. I like mm. that. I like that a lot. He's also quite the muso, isn't he? Yeah, he did the music in El Mariachi, I think. I think in this he he didn't officially, he wasn't credited with doing the music, but I'm, I think he did some of it. He was there. He was there. Los Lobos did a lot and of it. He's always just walking around. Yeah, those guys. But he's always just walking around with a guitar and shit too, right? Mm. He's very cool. He's very cool. He does the cowboy hat thing. I don't think I could pull that off. You considered being a cowboy hat guy? Uh, I don't know. I feel like when you're bald. You're more of a Rex, Rex Lynn type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wear hats. I love Rex Lynn though, I've realised since doing this podcast and just doing cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's a, a real American hero. <laughs> he is. He's the best, man. The best. I could pick up acting now because I think he did 
didn't he pick it up when he was he like... He was late. It was a banker or something. Yeah. Something. I work in insurance. You know, it's... I just need a moustache and I'll grow out the banks. <laughs> um, I'll get a job on CSI. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Take that. All right. Here's, wait, here's, here's two more Rodriguez-isms that I think are pretty good. These ones I really like. So this one-man film crew philosophy is creativity, not money, is used to solve the problems. So that's some constraint. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the second one, I mean, there's more, I'm sure, but the second one that I came across was this thing that I think other people have given it this name, the Rodriguez list, which is a technique for, you know, this efficient form of filmmaking. Mm. So an example of the Mm. Rodriguez list is to, uh, the the filmmaker compiles a list of things they have access to. So you might have a cool car, your house, um, some horses, Samurai swords, etc. Yeah, okay. Then you'll go and write a screenplay based on those things. Yeah, I like it. I like that. It's That's like, good. It's kind of like ready, steady, cook for filmmaking. <laughs> ready, steady, action. I like that. I got a, I got an onion. I got a <laughs> potato. I've got a Mustang, and and a crack house. There you go, MacGyver. <laughs> Oh, should we go through some of the some of the cast members here? Yes, I've been looking forward to this. Who do you want to start with? Oh, where do you start? Um, they're all very pretty. I, even Tarantino, probably the best he's ever looked. <laughs> <laughs> he's it. probably the youngest we've seen him on the screen, isn't it? <laughs> That's probably the main thing and a bit of a tan maybe. <laughs> That's probably it. He's looking pretty Hollywood these days. He's had, he's He's been living large. He's looking, you mean, like bad Hollywood. He's been enjoying the fruits of his labour. Yeah. Um, Perhaps. There's a lot of cameos in this movie. So interestingly, I'd always felt bad for the guy in El Mariachi because obviously he gets recast into <laughs> Antonio Banderas in this. Yeah. But I, I read that he's one of the other guitar guys, so he still has a role. I think he might be a yeah, producer he gets, or something. he comes in and dies. Yeah. Those two other guys he brings in and then, and then they just to be die. Reunited, and then they just die. Yeah. But what about the deep squat the guy does, the deep Cossack squat the guy does to shoot yeah. the, <laughs> For the rocket cow launcher? Like, Why does he keep doing that? <laughs> because it's great. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he feels like you got to get the angle. Yeah, he does man. A little, he does a full side squat little shoot. It's so cool. It's great. Shoot Again, at missile. this point you have to have, you know, Taken any any plausibility out of the equation because yeah he mm. gets shot in between any of those movements but it don't they, matter and they're just in the middle of the road they're not taking cover yeah yeah <laughs> they're, just, they're just squatting stuff. they're just dancing then we got Bashemi as Bashemi um, we've got some iconic Danny Trejo in here mm. yeah I was trying to think if it was the first time I'd seen him. But I was going to say it was, but I don't think it was because he'd been in, he'd been in Blood In, Blood Out. Oh. And he'd, like, in, he'd been in a few things, but in yeah. terms of ones that we would have seen, it was Blood In, Blood Out and there was something else that maybe might have been the same year as this, like Con Air or something. Oh, that's a good point. He'd been in a couple of things. But he was just, he was nameless to me. I didn't know, like, I didn't know Danny Trejo. I just knew. Yeah, he was a that guy. Yeah, the Mexican guy with the. Big chest tat who was scary as, as all hell. Yeah. I was just checking. He's not in El Mariachi. I thought he might have been, but he's not. 
I think he's this, second cousins with with um, Rodriguez. I mean, apparently, they found out in the making of this. Oh, really? So it wasn't yeah. like oh, I'll get you the gig. No, <laughs> second cousins. You can be second cousins with a lot of people. As, yeah, as yeah. The, as the numbers. Pertain. At some point, every, every but why is it pertaining? Um, <laughs> at some point, you're like you know fifth cousins with pretty much everyone, right? Yeah, I think so. Then we've got Cheech. Mm-hmm. Um, being all Cheech-like, uh, man, he's, he's always good in these things. He's great. Well, this was part of, like to your point earlier, this was him building the uh, lat in pack. Yeah. Um, oh. Working, oh. Oh. Wow. Working title. Um, about bringing all those legends together like the Cheeches, like Danny, um, you know, he's like you've got to have that, that staple group of yeah. Latin legends, I guess, of the screen or, you know. Yeah, and Selma because um, mm-hmm. if you recall last time we talked about this bloke, he was going to do the Mask of Zorro with Antonio Banderas and it was going to be Selma Hayek. But instead they, right. they went to ended up being Catherine Cedar Jones. They got a Welsh girl. Yeah. <laughs> Which illustrates the point, I suppose, doesn't it? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> what's the, the other Latin actress we have? Oh, the Welsh one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's got dark hair. I'm actually very keen to do that movie because I don't remember it at all. And the fact that Rodriguez was involved at some point mm. piques my interest. Piques my interest. Uh, but, yeah, she was great in this. It's obviously like um, she's a mega babe, uh, but I don't want to reduce it just to her being a babe. I thought it was quite cool that she, you know, we do a lot of movies, Greg, a lot of movies from this era. It's kind of the point of the podcast. And often these mm-hmm. females don't mm-hmm. get to be actual characters, and she does. She's She's got some dimension. She's she, He never really has <laughs> That's to. That's a terrible choice of words. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's not. She's not just there for him to save no, her. No, she's or, problem solving. She's saving the day a few times. Yeah, she's, she doesn't really get kidnapped or anything. It's she's got game. This sounds like very small things, but again, this is big stuff relative to everything else going on at the time. So, like, mm-hmm. kudos, fully fleshed out female character there. Uh, <laughs> fucking <hell. laughs> There's no. There's no path. Forward. Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, the other thing I'd say about Selma, yeah, this was so this was her breakout role. Yeah. Um, I think she might have done one or two other smaller things. This was um by far and away her biggest. Man, she's going strong. Like she's um she's fifty five and Hollywood is pretty unforgiving with female Yeah, you know actress actresses sort of pushing past fifty as we know. She did four films this year. Oh, yeah. Four releases this year, um, including uh, Obligatory Marvel. She's in yeah. the Eternals. Yeah. Character name Ajax or Ajax. Do you know? Are you familiar with the character? I'm not familiar. But, um, I was laughing in the background. <laughs> it's funny because she did an interview recently where I can't remember the, exactly Stop what she laughing said. laughing at me. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what she said but basically like I'm a 55-year-old Mexican woman and I'm a superhero. I'm a, I'm a 55-year-old Mexican superhero. Yeah. She's she's epic. She's she's fucking great. Um, but can we talk about the other um, uh, the other piece of ass in this movie with Antonio Banderas? <laughs> um, but he's good in this man, despite having any lats. 
the Latin pack don't either, I suppose. He's great, and he hadn't done any action before this. He was um, yeah. He was a, he had some decent acting chops though. Like he'd done in back in Spain, he he was doing a lot of, um, you know, um, actor work. Yeah, serious. So he shit. was a legit. Yeah, serious shit. And there's a I don't know if you've got it, but there's 20 minutes into that interview um, that you had up earlier. Rodriguez talks about why he chose Banderas for this film. Yeah, and he basically because he was like. Do you want to do an action movie? He's like, I would love to do an action movie. Like he he hadn't he was so off type for an action movie, but he was like frothing at the idea of being able to do one. Yeah. And he referenced there's this famous movie called Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, and he's in that and he basically kidnaps this the story is he kidnaps this um porn star until and and wants to make her fall in love with him. Anyway, he said there's this one scene in that where he like Headbutts her, but like does it really violently, and sort of has this intensity about him. This, yeah. you know, turn on a turn on a dime sort of heat, and um, and he's like, I saw in that that you could be like an epic action star, and so that was that was kind of the hook. And then um, I saw you beat that woman, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting reference. But um, yeah, I think there was like a firecracker sort of going off that he that he was like, this guy's. This guy could be my action guy. So this is kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Did you ever see Thirteenth Warrior? No, it's a Bandaras thing. I think it's from like ninety nine, and he he, it's a cool movie. It's basically set in oh man, I don't know, like the Crusades or something, and right. he's he's like a, I don't know. He basically joins a random group of like Vikings or some shit on the, um, butchering it, but basically. It's this medieval action film. It's pretty cool. Right. Oh, he also did Assassins this year. Yeah. Yeah. He was the bad guy, wasn't he? I can barely remember that movie. You know that's a Wachowski's movie, like The Matrix. Is it? Sisters. Yeah. Bizarre. Isn't it? So he all, it, all, it all arrived at once. Oh, he still had long hair then too. Yeah. Long yeah. hair, man. And he, he does this a lot in it, like runs his hands. Right? Like he, it's just <laughs> oh, that's it's right. in Miami or something. It's very sweaty. Yeah. He's, like, he's always like, yeah, got to kill him. It's he's, cool. He's fascinating because a bit like, yeah, I, when I was younger I, I didn't respond to the lack of uh, musculature. Mm, and mm. and similarly, I just didn't, and maybe because of that, maybe because of that, I never understood why he was seen as a babe. And as an adult, as, uh, he's a babe. But I think like, it's oh. when you see him like interviewed and shit, he he doesn't he's one of those he's very low key in real life. Like mm. he never looks like a babe when you see him interviewed. But then it's like it's not like they put mountains of makeup on him or something to make him look like a babe. But it's mm, just they that, put him in a mariachi outfit. They put him in a mariachi maybe that's what I need. I think you do. I need the Will Poulter Marvel makeover. Well, that was kind of one of Rodriguez's intentions with the whole thing, was he was like he always thought the mariachi Outfit looked so cool. badass, yeah, and looked like an assassin sort of ass kicker type vibe. So he's like, oh, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna run with that and kind of reframe the the humble mariachi music man." Yeah, I'd dig that man. It could I'd be you. That. I think in the I first one, you and I would come across a bit more like Steve Martin and <laughs> um, Martin the Short. Three amigos, yeah, yeah, we'd look more like the three amigos. <laughs> so, in addition to the trilogy. There's also a TV series. 
Spanish language. Oh, is it called um, Renegade? <laughs> that used to be on really late at night, huh? Yeah, I loved yeah. it with Lorenzo Lamas. That was always like, ugh. Oh, really? I didn't mind it. No, I didn't like it. <laughs> he was he was a bit of a poor man's. Uh, he just travelled town to town, right? Yeah. Yeah, he travelled around town in his vest. Solving kicking, mysteries. Doing a few spinny kicks. Kicking people. <laughs> and, and laying birds. He's, uh, he had sex every episode. That guy must have AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> what? He would. Yeah. Right, Carol's. Carol's giving me a bit of live feedback. <laughs> I really want to watch um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico now though too. It's slightly out of mm. our range but I still want to watch it. Yeah, I want to watch it too. I, there's like a, I remember there's a bit where he's got a fake hand on the table. Yeah, Johnny Depp does, yeah. Yeah, that's the only, it's the only thing I remember from that movie. I just remember his eyes bleeding and Willem Dafoe with some bronzer. Oh, yeah. I like Willem Dafoe. I'm Me too. I'm somewhat of a Willem Dafoe fan myself. Well, speaking uh, of Lorenzo Lamas having all that sex, Rodriguez <laughs> has had a bit of it himself. He's got like oh five ki- five kids. Oh yeah. And then get this. So it's no Nick Cannon. So the kids' names were Racer, Rebel, Rocket, yeah, and Rhiannon. So then it seemed like they were calming their name, like Rhiannon, maybe a little bit more normal, normal. and then. <laughs> And then they went rogue, literally. Oh, hey, there you go. She's an X-Man. I wonder if that's a factor. Mm, they must like ours. Yeah, like the it Kardashians. Could be a Do the Kardashians like ours as well? They're like K's. Oh. But what about Chloe? Even they spelled Chloe with a K. Oh, <clears throat> classy. Yeah, real classy, man. What about oh Kylie? <laughs> <laughs> we could do this Caitlin. on like <laughs> I think they spell North with a K. It's a silent K. North. North. Carol saying Rob. Oh, that begins with R. But that's, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there's some synergies there. There you go. Uh, so we're going to do a verdict. I'm running yeah, out of material here. <laughs> let's get in the verdict. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody put him out of his misery. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Hey, I like this movie. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I say it's 100% a rewatch, mainly because hmm. of what we said, I guess. But uh, just, yeah, the plot's whatever. But the vibe is very different to like most other things we've watched on the podcast up until this point at least. It's hmm. very different yeah. feeling. It feels different to put it on. Yeah. And it knows what it is. It's fun. It's a bit silly. It's not like a comedy, but it's silly. It's, it embraces. Yeah, they have fun. The, they're having yeah, they fun. Have, they're having fun. Isn't that what it's all about? It's the movies, Greg. Mm. <laughs> Suspend disbelief. Yeah. Jump off that. Jump off that building backwards, shooting, and land on your bum. Yeah, like a John Woo thing. All those things. Yeah, we're, I'm for it. I'm for it. 
that, what's your verdict? Rewatch? It's a yeah, it's a firm rewatch, and I think yeah. just the added little little um, the added little touches, knowing it's you know it's it is a significant film, I guess you'd say in um, in representation. So that's a, yeah. that's a nice tick too. Absolutely, because they're le- like the the cast is it's a legendary cast. Yeah, and a lot of their breakout roles. Mm-hmm. And it's, have some popcorn, enjoy it. It is a popcorn movie, absolutely. Break out the popcorn, maybe a chalk top, maybe some cervezas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're off to the races. Good, would should. Uh, did Simpsons say. do it? No, I don't believe Simpsons did it. Not that I could find. No. Uh, porn parody, yes. I'm not sure if it's a direct parody or if it's just the same name. There seem to be a lot of pornos with that name. Oh, that's it kind of works, Desperado. Bechdel test is a no, but at least she is an actual character. Mm. Um, she's the only one, unfortunately, but at least she's there and she's, you know, a human. She's not a damsel in distress. Yeah, exactly. FX test, yes. Bonus points for explosions, 100%. Mm. Mm-hmm. Recast these, I didn't really have any for this one. It's tough, which is maybe uh, points to a larger issue. Yeah, I didn't even think of recast. I feel like it's it's pretty hard to recast this one. Yeah, who's the who's the guitar player that Carol loves? The young guy, Sean Mendes. Oh, I say Nathan Cavalieri. His, not Nathan Cavalieri. <laughs> Sean Mendes and his real life girlfriend. Who's his real life girlfriend, Carol? Ah, uh, that chick. What? Camelia Cabello. I probably butchered that name. Yeah, he did. Anyway, there you go. That's Bish them. Bash there you Bosch. Go. He Bish plays Bash guitar, so it writes itself. Yeah, okay. You're it's welcome, gringo, Hollywood. <laughs> Is he? It can be called Sean El Mend- Gringo. Sean, Me- Sean Mendes. Oh, Mendes. Oh, yeah. No, he's probably not. There you go. Stay with me, man. <laughs> sorry, I judged him by his skin color. Who am I? What am I? I'm sorry. Am I a monster? Yeah, there's redhead Mexicans, you know, Canelo Alvarez, man. There you go. You know him? The kid in Spy Kids. <laughs> yeah, he's probably growing <laughs> he, up. He has, but he's got red hair and he's Mexican. Does he? Oh, he's Canelo means cinnamon. That's the boxer's nickname because he's got red hair. Ah, there you go. And he's Mexican. That works. You wouldn't tease him. <laughs> okay. There you go. I feel like you have these all at the ready from previous Yeah, I've got, I got a redhead all <laughs> over the world. You name it. i got a Rolodex. <laughs> Who was your MVP? Uh, my MVP was Antonio Banderas and my low key was Cheech. Oh, you know why I keep saying I like that? Because there was an episode, this is, it sounds kind of racist to say it like that these Friends days. Or? I just realised. No, it was um, uh, um, the, the Taylor Leone show and they go to some awards show. Just came to be me? other people. No, Taylor, uh, what's it Naked Truth. Oh, yeah. And yeah. The, the guy in that show pretended to be Antonio Banderas. And, it, and he goes, Antonio Banderas. Yeah. <laughs> Is that and, what that's from? Yeah, and I keep saying it that way. And I realise, you know, without context, it sounds like, oh, what am I just doing a bad accent? It sounds a little questionable. But I'm. it just comes, it's in my head like that. That's the first time I ever heard his name. Antonio Banderas. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, low-key I gave to Cheech. What about you? Yeah, probably Antonio. And low-key, I didn't mind Bucho. Oh, uh, yeah. I like Bucho. I thought he was right. from Sex and the City, but he's not. He's not at all. He looks familiar. He looks I don't like know what that from. Sex and the City guy. Which Samantha's, 
boyfriend, the rich old one. That's Dexter's dad. Yeah, maybe. I'm familiar with that one. <laughs> uh, anyway, what have we got week? next week? We're doing are heat. We doing heat? Yeah, oh, we're doing start heat. watching it now, man. It goes for I three know. hours. No, I better get on to that. <laughs> Actually, I might I'm halfway through. It now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah oh, looking man. forward to that. It is a treat, spoiler. And then we've got some Christmas ones coming up. Man, we're sleigh riding into Christmas at this point. Oh, man. Jingle bells. Uh, until then, we'll see you next week. Leave a review. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bye.